the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me, as always, is editor Aidan Ormond. Hello. Online editor Kevin Ayres. Hooray! And special guest this week, Matt Warren, freelance sports journalist of BBC and SBS fame. Welcome, Matt. Hi. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So the boys were doing it tough up on the Central Coast yesterday. I did see the tweet, Kev. Yeah. So it was nice for us in the office. Um, all right, let's kick off. A-League round 19. Last weekend, kicked off on a Friday night, Brisbane Raw, hosting the Mariners. Uh, two all it finished, goals from McGlinchey and, inevitably, Zlatan McBrinovic uh, equalised after two best-up Borussia goals. Lads, thoughts on this? Glimpses of the old Raw at times? Certainly Borussia back in the goals? Took a long time to warm up, though. I mean, the first half was as bad as anything they played the rest of the season. Uh, it was only the second half they seemed to find their way. Mulvey's uh, halftime talk obviously uh, kicked a bit of sense into them. Fired up Borussia, and yeah, we got to see the old Borussia that uh, we've known and loved for the last couple of seasons. Um, still not convinced it's necessarily the turning point for them, but uh, certainly it was a, a good fight against the, the league leaders. Uh, and I think Mariners are probably su- surprised by how uh, tough the game was for them. Uh, they'll be disappointed to have lost a couple of points. I don't. You were up there yesterday with the Mariners. Yeah. What was the feeling in the camp still? Oh, look, really good vibe. Look, it's a, a terrific club. Great organisation. Good training session. Just all on shape yesterday. Mm. But just going back to the Brisbane Raw game, I think this new signing from Holland, uh, Nijland, is it pronounced? Nijland? Steph, Steph Brands is our standard Dutch uh, interpreter here. But I thought he looked great for, for Raw. Uh, and I, I see a lot of good signs. So... Um, It'll be good to have them in the finals, and I hope they do. I think they'll. I think we'll make it. Matt, we, yeah, we, we talked last week about the Mariners. They they always have this uh, troublesome January where they, they mm. tend to be streaking away with it, and then they get lose players. There's you know question marks over others. Will they stay? Won't they go? Do you feel like they, you know their their sort of season is a, is a little bit of a stutter at the moment? Possibly, it's very unsettling, isn't it, for clubs the January window, um, but. Three points clear at the top still. I think they've got that breathing space, to be honest. So they can afford a bit of a wobble. Um, and I think they'll come good again. OK. Mm. And, and on Brisbane, obviously, new coach in there, Mike Mulvey, trying to sort of... You know, he, he, he's, we talked about the, the Dutch player that's come in, also mm. the stickers come in. He's trying to sort of get his imprint and a, a bit more of his sort of type of player um, in there. I mean, he, you know, if you're the, if you're the raw... How do you approach the last sort of eight games we've got? I mean, psychologically, they're in the six now, um, and I think that will spur them on. Um, Personally, they've always been my favourite team, certainly for the last two or three years. The style of football has always been good to watch, quick, attractive, and I thought they showed glimpses of that again. Um, I hope they make it into the finals. Arnie was... uh in true Arnie style, was very uh, disparaging about the new final system uh, in, a, in a press conference. Yeah, well, you which, know, yeah, we've discussed at length previously. Their eyes are on the, the Premiership. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quite clear from top to bottom yeah. all they're concerned about now. Even talking to the players, they agreed yesterday. Yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, the, the championship has never, ever been a, a thing for them. But I think the way they're looking at the final series now, they're especially not interested in it because, you know, one false move and you're out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it, it puts the championship in the place it should be. We've talked about it before. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to go for the, the, the premiership. Uh, but it's a big stutter, this one. You know, this would have left them uh, three, five points clear of victory if they'd got the uh, the win here. And you can see victory tightening up on them. Um, Roar, I think, are playing probably the best football out of the ones that dross beneath Adelaide. Uh, so you would hope that they're going to make it into the finals as well. But it, it is a lot of dross be- below mm. Adelaide. But don't, don't you think the Mariners are that perfect side to win the Premiership, I'm talking about the home and away, they're so consistent. Yeah, yeah, That's their yeah. bag. And all the players, they buy into that. Yeah. McGlinchey, Montgomery, Bernie Abini, they all say the same thing. It's all mm. about the, the, the Premiership for we, them. we were talking in the car on the way back, though. I mean, they've escaped relatively unscathed from the, the transfer period this time. Okay, they've Rogic, lost, they've yeah. lost yeah. Rogic. Yeah. But he hadn't actually had that. He wasn't an intrinsic part mm. of the this, this side, I think, mm. this, this mm. season, in the same way that Matt Simon was mm. and Huck Wilkinson was in season And that's typical Arnie, Arnie as well. He doesn't rely on one player. Mm. But it was like also, you'd, pro- yeah. you'd probably yeah. say, it was one of the few positions where they did have a bit of cover. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like if McBreen would have gone, yeah, they would, like, they would be. That's, that could be terminal. But, you know, they've got McGlinchey that can come in and play in that role. And they managed to hold on to Bernie and Matt Ryan for the end of this yeah. season, at least anyway. So, you know, the, they are stronger than they were at this time last year, I think. And I, victory are going to put in a big charge. Uh, and I think it really is a genuinely huge threat to them this season. I, as far I as see as victory. Yeah. So, yeah. Matt, what's, what's your take on the on the revised final system? I mean, you talk about Brisbane being in the six. You know, they'd, they'd probably be looking at this now, thinking, right, if we can just get into the finals, yeah. we're two games away from a grand final. Yeah. You know? I've I've never been a fan. Obviously, coming from the UK, I, I just can't get my head around the the finals. Uh, I know it's a very Australian thing and a very American thing. To me, you finish top of the league, you're the champion. End of story. You're the best team over a season, yep. and I'm just not a fan of, of finals games. I don't think it shows the true best team of the season. Yep. Do we think a rebranding of the, the names would make a difference? So actually the champions are the people that, that finish top? I think so. And, and yeah. then the, you know, the, the premiers or the premiership goes yeah, to the, I mean, the knockout winners? Because it was minor premiership at one well, point. The, the the no, it never was. Yeah. It never, never was. Never for the A-League. No, it never was because the minute you used it, they were like, no, 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 it's not the minor premiership. Yeah, but it, the punters out there would the call thing it is, yeah, 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 we, yeah. we certainly yeah. were, yeah. 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 The no, thing is, you know... Which was a derogatory Yeah, absolutely. That is the default term that people still use to this day is yeah. they'd never say the premiership, they say minor premiership, yeah. so if we can turn that around and the championship is when you win the season uh, and the premiership hopefully then gets rebranded as mm. the premiership and people might stop calling it minor premiership I think it's a great idea. Mm. Or we just don't have a final system at all No, that, I, that did, I disagree with that I think, I think, I think, you know, there you, is a place you, for it Yeah, I, I, I've sort of been one around but obviously I'm from the UK as well yeah. but I think this is such a unique sporting landscape, as is the US, mm-hmm. that I, I, I don't have a problem with the final series. And, and as I've said before on this, I think, I think moving it to a straight shootout almost by default puts more emphasis on the home and away mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. is a bit more of a lottery mm-hmm. now. And, and if you accept it as such, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't have a problem with it. But I think rebranding it might be 
the way forward. So, so it's to, currently to Premiership and Champion, Championship should be the other way around, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the Premier's plate, again, and plate sort of has that yeah. runners-up mm-hmm. sort of feel, yeah. and the champion. So if you said Champions is home and away, the Premiership mm. is, the, is the knockout. Yeah. And I think Arnie's getting his excuses in early because, you know, look, Arnie was great yesterday, but you know, he's got the ACL as well. He's got the finals. If once they win the the home and away, the the premiership, I think he's happy because he's back in Asia again next year. The excite- yeah. The thing is, the, the playoffs, whatever you want to call them, whether you like it or not, the excitement levels are sky high, which you probably don't always get during the season. Yeah. You look at English football when the playoffs were brought in there for promotion. Yeah. You know, the ratings go through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it really is high drama. Yeah. So in many ways, I guess, you know, they are a good thing. And that's where I think dropping the home and away against from mm. 1v2, and when you've seen these teams already play each yeah. other three yeah. times, I think having every game sudden death will, mm. will heighten that Yeah, drama absolutely. Because it yeah. doesn't matter what you've done up till now, mm. it's can you do it? in a one-off game when it counts. And I think that's where Ange comes in. I think Arnie's strength is his consistency. Not sure whether he can get them over the line in the real clinches. That's mm. where Ange and perhaps Popper come in. Mm. Pop Guardiola is something called <laughs> Get out of it. It was on Twitter, so it must be true. <laughs> All right, Wellington Phoenix. Was it you? It was me. Yes. So you've got Zlatan McBrunovic. Yeah, the Kiwi Pop Messi. Pop Guardiola. Michel Piero. <laughs> Kevin Ayres. All right, Wellington Phoenix got back to winning ways, uh, lifted themselves off the bottom. Uh, this is at Eden Park, uh, more famed for its rugby matches than its football matches, but great stadium. Um, 1-0 win, Jeremy Brocky yeah. got on the end of a pinpoint cross from uh, Paul Eiffel. Um, wasn't the best of games. Um, <laughs> That's been charitable. <laughs> I actually, Tell it like it is. I actually had an emergency root canal surgery at 11.30 <laughs> and I was watching this game wishing I was back in that chair. <laughs> what point? Uh, but a rare moment of quality from uh, from Eiffel really settled it. Um, yeah. Ricky Herbert won't really care, though, lads, will he? I mean, yeah. he just wanted to get yeah. that three points yeah. under the new direction. <laughs> Was it? But did he play under the new direction? I, I thought it seemed a little bit more like uh, Phoenix of old. From what yeah, I saw, and uh, he's getting the results as well. Yeah. And I think they really needed that result ahead of this game against Central Coast tomorrow night. If they didn't have that, I mean, they'd be cut adrift at the bottom. Yeah. They'd be, you know, clear. clear They've still got lots to play for. You look at the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they all still have. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll look at the ladder. I mean, and Glory Matt, you know, grand finalist. To bottom. Yeah, it's a, a lot of questions being asked. Astonishing, out isn't it? Really, you know, earlier on they were playing reasonable football, and I don't know what's gone wrong to be honest. But it's a, an alarming slide. It's very rare to have such a, a rapid fall from uh, from grace, I suppose. Yeah, um, two points from the last twenty-one possible points for glory. I mean, that's, that's villa form. That it, is. It's yeah. just shocking. I mean, you can't. I, I don't understand how Fergie's surviving this, to be honest. There's no signs of anything changing. That, that's the, the key thing. Time to There's bring nothing, in Paul Lambert. nothing new going <laughs> oh, on at Perth Glory uh, that's going to turn things around. Uh, Apart from Andrezinha? Well, we've got Cordoba, who's uh, got his work visa through. Oh, is he one of your boys, is he? He's my new, he new, and- and- my new South American. <laughs> Just to let you know, Matt, he's Andrezinho's agent. A little bit obsessed. Uh, But no, we've got our new Argentinian, uh, Cordoba, who looks like he'll probably get a game this weekend. Uh, Cool. So maybe that will make a difference, but they've got a mountain to climb. That's a long journey coming back, isn't it, from Wellington? The uh, distance derby, as they call it. 
<laughs> distance derby. <laughs> all right, Newcastle two all with Sydney SC uh, late. Eight and a half, pen- eight and a half minute penalty. Ryan Griffiths scored from the spot twice to uh, to get a valuable draw. Sydney FC, Del Piero and uh, Blake Powell mm. for Sydney FC. Um, this is one of those games where if you probably looked at it before with everything Sydney had to deal with running into the game, they'd have probably taken a point. But when you lo- when you lose the two points in the manner that they did so late, you end up coming away pretty deflated. Um, let's talk about it, Kev. First penalty. Not a penalty for me. No, no. I mean, uh, it was very, very soft. Uh, but, you know, that's football. There's, decisions go for you sometimes and go against you other times, and they're just not running at all for Sydney at the moment, uh, on and off the field. Um, but, you know, like you said, I had Newcastle Jets winning this quite easily based on what happened in the, the 24 hours beforehand and everything else uh, and the players available to them. So... The fact that they were 2 0 up is a huge surprise at any stage. And to take a draw, you know, it's, it's tough comfort given that they were 2 0 up. But I still think it's one more point than I thought they were going to come away with. Either. Del Piero was just at times on another level. Yeah. Uh, there was yeah. one ball, I think, was it in the. Oh, where he, where he, he sold Jankovic, the dummy, and then, and then played it inside the left back. I was in a pub at, uh, in the centre of Sydney watching the game, and, and the entire crowd just went. Like that, like before the ball even arrived to the player, it was just he, his finishing, his his leadership. Um, he was just outstanding. And Zakovic, I think, apologised to him at the end of the game. He had a good long chat to him about. I'm sorry, I had to kick. I thought he was off. trying to get his shirt. I don't know what he was doing, but there was a long chat at the end of the game. But given you're right, given everything that's happened with Sydney this week and the halftime send off of Spider, I'm not sure how much that really meant. But it was a it was a good point for Sydney. Really battling point in very interesting uh, conditions as well. Yeah, so very the kick, the goal kick that yeah. took off and came backwards. <laughs> and at one Pretty point, it all the, the weather was perfect, and then it was terrible again. But I think it was a good point for Sydney, a battling point. Matt, what have yeah, you made of Sydney it, it, what, this season? They just can't seem to get going, can they? They had a bit of momentum, and um, you, you just worry that they're just not consistent enough for me. Um, and I think, yes, you may have taken a point from that on paper, but to be ahead and and to settle for a point, I don't know, psychologically, I'm not convinced they'll make it into the top six, I have to say. They look good one week and, and average the next. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to Terry McFlynn for, for doing his best to disguise the deliberate handball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Mika. No, I'm trying to take it away. <laughs> and, and the fall afterwards and the yeah. run-off as well was just, it was classic. Yeah. Um. You're fooling no one. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Melbourne victory, Melbourne Hearts. Oh, yes. Victory held out, 2-1 win. Um, second successive derby triumph in a game that has um, previously caused them a few problems. Lads, what do we make of it? Goals from Archie Thompson, Mark Milligan, consolation from David Williams. And, you know, Hart had periods in this game where, you know, they, they looked like they could do something, but they couldn't really, you know, they, they didn't score at the key moments when they had decent pressure, yeah. which is always important. And then, uh, you know, I mean, Archie Thompson's sort of first goal sort of knocked the stuffing out of them a bit, I think. But. Yeah, yeah. They're clinical, weren't they, victory? Yeah. And I think Thompson's looking really good again as well, which is crucial to them going forward. You spoke to him for the mag, didn't you, Yeah, yeah, and you know he he was explaining his, uh, you know, 
shall we say, you know, to the Hart fans, his uh, gestures to Hart yeah. fans. Some, you know, obviously fairly distasteful stuff that comes from the terraces, and he was yeah. just uh, reminding them that he scored against them. But uh, well, there was that photo when he scored the winner in the last game with that. Yeah. Fan right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> giving it to him, and Archie's right there with him with his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, we, we actually spoke about that in the interview for the coming magazine, but uh, Nathan Coe was outstanding for victory. Uh, Hart dominated early, and there were strong later in the game, but I think uh, once victory get into their gears and mm. Flores gets a bit more space, very hard to stop, and Rahas and, and Thompson are the best two up front, I think. Uh, add McBreen, and there's a, an all-star. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Victory have just got the, the finishing line in sight now and you know they're really charging towards it. They've got the mojo, everything's working for them now. Uh, and just got them running like a well run unit. Uh, and yeah, I can't see them being stopped, to be honest. Uh Central Coast Mariners game, I think next month. Uh yeah. Uh that's effectively gonna be the season decider, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it's going to all boil down to that, providing both of them can hold the nerve el- elsewhere. And I don't see any reason why they won't, to be honest. Mm. Matt, what have you made of uh, John Aloisi's first season in charge? A bit, uh, a bit up and down. Yeah, he's, always, he's, he's had a tough job there anyway, I think, hasn't he? I, I just wonder whether they've got the quality in the squad, Hart. Um, I think it's going to be a longer building process. Um, <sighs> he's, d- he's done reasonably well, I guess. He, you know, He's new to the management game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wait, wait and see, I guess. Wait yeah. and see. I mean, Hart have been another side that have, you know, a little bit similar to the Mariners that are, are, are sort yeah. of basing their, you know, the, the, the foundation of the club on being a almost like a feeder club and selling yeah. players. You mm. know, so whoever's coaching Hart is going to have to deal with losing their best players on a consistent basis. You know, mm. we've seen Babal's go, we've seen Moroni go, we've, uh, we've seen Babal's come back, we've yeah. seen Bates Bates left in the week of the big game yeah. as well. So, um, mm. I mean, is Babal's a, a significant return for them, do you think, at the right time, maybe for a late push into contention? You would think it would be. I mean, at the end of the day, there's four teams that look certain to make it into the final. So the, the other two spots are wide open. And, you know, there's... Four points between them, between four teams, six teams. Uh, it's going to be hell for leather amongst the, the, the bottom of the pack. Uh, so, you know, the slightest variable can make a huge difference. I think Babal is the thing that Hart have got to, that's their trump card to play. Could be enough to get them through, but really, you know, I've, I keep saying this, anything below Adelaide United, Adelaide United are a basket case at the moment. Uh, but at least you know they were playing good football up until and uh, they got that as well. Yeah, it's a big, so, big yeah. huge. They couldn't yeah. f that up. So, I mean, I mean, well, they're through, but the rest of it—it's not—it's generally not been very, very good football at all from the. the, let's, the I mean, let's move on to Adelaide. Uh, that's the last game of the round. Um, I was gutted. I was so so close to betting on a Western Sydney half time, Western Sydney full time, and I went. Draw at half time, Western uh. Sydney at full time, <laughs> and for like forty three minutes, I was like, "This is in." And then it was like, no, I think, I think Western Sydney to be up at half time and full time was something like twenty three dollars. It was paying. seriously. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What did you put on? Did you put anything on? No, I put draw and Western oh, Sydney yeah. to win, so I didn't win. Gutted. Um, all right, the Western Sydney bandwagon. Pop Guardiola. <laughs> That's it. Rolls on. Still going. Still going strong. Uh, no, I mean, you have to, to just have nothing but admiration uh, for uh, the job Popovich has done at Wanderers. Incredible effort. 
the whole team's bought into his philosophy and uh, his way of working and uh, rewards are just there. Uh, I mean, to, to thrash Adelaide in fourth place, 4-2, Away from home, that's a fantastic result. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, well, fantastic they seem to result. like playing Adelaide yeah. when they put six past them. He's got right. ten yeah. goals in yeah. two games against yeah. them. He's clearly a good coach. I mean, I think he was well regarded at Sydney FC, mm. and he's obviously good at getting his message across to his players, isn't he? They're all bought into it. Yeah. They're not always pretty to watch, but they're yeah. they're effective. But he he's but he's all, he seems to have you know he seems to have been very. What what I like about what he's done is there was a plan. There was very clearly a plan to what he's done that was well thought out, that was right, right. The first first stage of building this team is we need to be difficult to beat. Mm. We need to be well organised at the back. We need to give no stupid goals away. Then when we do that, then we start adding the offensive side yeah. to the game. And now they're scoring goals. They're mm. winning away from home. You know, they've got the confidence to go away and be a bit more offensive than they mm. were in the start of the season. And it, it's just a real good example of, you know... And they did it without how, how you build, well. you know, so many times you see coaches and you come away, you know, what are they actually trying to do? Mm. You know, yeah. what is the... Ian Crook, great example. You know, yeah. I watched Sydney play. You think, well, what have they been doing in the close season? Mm. Yeah. What are they d- taking from the training part onto the pitch? Mm. What's the plan? Mm. You know, because, you know, what should happen with these guys is... There should be improvements through the season. Look at victory with Ange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compare the first game against Melbourne Heart with where they are now. Yeah. You can see an improvement in pretty much every player that plays yeah. for him. You know, same with same with Western Sydney. You know, and that, I think too often like we just see, right, how are the players improving? Under oh this no, I, I think under most coaches that we've seen in the A League, players have gone backwards. Uh, I don't, there's very few players that have come on, come in, and come on. Uh, in the A-League and that's one of the, the biggest disappointments for me with the A-League is a developmental league players arrive and go backwards mm. uh, and you know it takes special coaches Ange Arnie we were talking again yesterday about Arnie we watched him taking players aside explaining exactly what he wanted how to do it mm. what how to achieve the, the, the vision that he's had. But also giving them the confidence as well. I mean, we all need confidence from our bosses. And, you know, when they give you that confidence, yep. it takes you to another level. Yeah, and yep. if there's a plan and you're fitting into that plan, you know exactly what you're doing. Arnie's a great example of that yeah, with Michael McGlinch. He was. I mean, yesterday again, you know, stuff that was going on. We were quick to jump on Arnie, but he was mm. encouraging the players and, you know, really complimenting them when they were playing well, not just coming down on them like a yeah. ton of bricks when they, they screwed up, which is the, the, the stereotypical version, a vision you may have of Arnie. He's clever, though, Arnie, because he's an us and them kind of guy, isn't he? he Very much so. Well, that suits Central yeah. Coast as well. It's always yeah. been yeah. us and yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So he's bought into but that yeah. as well. Popovich has got a similar thing going with the Wanderers as well, in that kind mm. of us and them thing. Not in the same camp siege mentality in the same way, mm. but what he's established out in uh, Western Sydney is he's used the benefit of being away from the city centre, away from the publicity glare, just to build his team in mm. his vision. He doesn't court publicity at all. I mean, for the first half of the oh, season, yeah. first half of yeah. the season, we were only getting half an hour access to training sessions, which is unheard of yeah. you know, anywhere else in the early. Uh, apart from you know when it's uh, the training session before uh, game day, he was just taking his charges, mm. forging them in his vision in his uh, like and not listening to the media, which was, no. was saying, well, who's 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 Jerome Polens and who's this and these all rejects, quote rejects. Mm. But when we sat down with Popper for the magazine, a very charismatic guy as well, clearly explained why these players are there. Mm. When you compare it against you know the way that Hart started and especially the way Gold Coast United started, you know. 
encouraging the media spotlight, making brash promises, and then completely failing to deliver. Uh, you know, Wanderers have just gone. Have, whether it's not, whether it's just Popper, or the the FFA setup as a whole has learnt from those mistakes and just approached it the way that it should be. The, the fans as well. Job. I mean, it must be great to be a, a Wanderers player at the moment. To be sp at home, what a phenomenal atmosphere! Yeah, it's I mean, incredible. Uh, yeah, and look, we ho hopefully we'll get Jared Tyson on the show in the next few yeah. weeks, uh, and he'll. And also, that. you know, the, the best thing about it is, is that they have been successful, yeah. you know, because, you know, they've built something now mm. that is difficult. You know, it's a bit more difficult to lash it up from here. I know, I know, but having know, said that, you know, I think, you know, the FFA has taken, been given a lot of credit for creating this the proper way, and they have, without a doubt. But by the same token, I still think it would be almost impossible to plonk a team down in Western Sydney and uh, screw it up. You would, it would have to be a special brand of incompetence to do that. Well, they did Which, it in the NSL with Paramount of Power. So, you know, it can happen. Yeah, well, I, just, I just think it's that, it's that it can perfect, muck up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been that perfect. It, it's always been the perfect season for the club as well, that slow build. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, bam, we've got this massive marquee and we're going to, we're going to like, the first yeah. game's going to be, every, and there's going to be 25,000 there, but we're going to lose. A little bit like Sydney mm. starts yeah. the yeah. season. Yeah. There was all this expectation and then there was this huge sense of deflation yeah. a month in when you realised that the team just wasn't going to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Western Sydney has had such low expectations and they've slowly built and the crowds have built with it and the, mm. you know, and that connection with the team has built through yeah. it to the point where you think, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a victory Western Sydney grand final. Yeah. I think well, it would we're be talking a, about an that. absolute yeah. Yeah. Central Coast to win the Premiership, deservedly yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but them to play at mm. ANZ or oh, Telstra. Fantastic. Sorry, Eddie had. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, let's just talk very briefly about Adelaide. I mean, we talked about you know the wheels are coming off that club. Yeah. Look, you Where know, do they go from here? I mean, you know, Valcanis. There's no point bringing in someone else. You'd say at this point in the season. No, um, with with you know what eight games to go. Mm. I think he, I mean I think he had a, an, a, an FFA scholarship. He was a Scottish. I think he might have crossed paths with him in the system somewhere. So he's obviously fairly highly regarded. Mm. Um, you know, again, a, an assistant coming in—it's always difficult. It's not a good record for assistants coming in. No. Again, yeah, we're, we're discussing. About it yeah, and, uh, you know. Gary Van Egmond's probably the, the only one that's really made a great success of it in any way, shape or form. I think St Stubbins is the answer for me, but that's yeah, just my Yeah, I would opinion. have said Stubbins as well would be the automatic thing. But, you know, I, I don't personally know Michael Volcanis. I've never actually, never talked mm -hmm. to him or anything. Um, but his post-match interview was not encouraging, I felt. Uh, it was very vague, lacked charisma, assertion. Uh, and, yeah, maybe he's the answer, but... but I'm not convinced at the moment. I'd have thought Stubbins mm. would be a much better thing. Because Mino's comments during the week were very interesting uh, when he was trying to explain what happened uh, effectively, but without naming him, pointing the finger of blame at Michael Petrillo uh, at Adelaide. Uh, and there does seem to be a running theme. Uh, it's a basket case, and it's an unfortunate for them. It's, their season's going to be a write-off by the looks of things. And it started so well. You know, there's no reason for it to have ended up this way. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, God knows. I mean, they were on top of the ladder, weren't they? At the yeah. start of the season. Yeah, they're flying. They're flying. Absolutely flying. And then bizarre. it all started. Cosy started chopping and changing. It's sad to see because it's another club like the Mariners who have got 
really good core support as well. Mm. They could be and should be a success, Adelaide. Yeah, great stadium. Yeah, I mean, look at that stadium, that pitch, everything. Absolutely. You look at the club and you go, yeah. why are they getting this yeah. wrong? It looks so good. But that's it. Adelaide is one of the <coughs> strongholds of Australian football. Adelaide City, Juventus, West Adelaide, massive clubs in the old NSL. Yeah. They've squandered that sort of... Uh, just with Cosy's thing, uh, dangerous of deifying him as a, a saint who's been hard done by. But he, he was saying during the week that the reason he dropped Sergio was because he didn't know if he was going to be there the next week, so why play him? But he did the same thing uh, at Sydney with Janinho. When Janinho was not going to be coming back for another season, he just stopped playing him. Mm. It's your marquee star. Sergio is your, <laughs> one of the finest strikers mm. the A-League's ever seen. You don't just stop playing these players because you know they're not necessarily going to be away. They're there for the next. Get day. some use out of them. All of them yeah. are going to be finished at some stage. Mm. But I think Cosy's mentality is always to give the younger Aussie guys a go. If he knows they're not going to be there, he will go. Well, look, I want to play this young kid because. Yeah. But he wasn't know. even doing that really. I mean, I know, I know. it was he was going for a false nine kind of system. It's oh. just ridiculous. False ridiculous. coach system. False yeah. coach system mm. indeed. Ladder. Okay, wow. Rant over. That's it. <laughs> Mammoth Part 1. We'll be back after this break to uh, look at some of the news headlines on our website, au.442.com. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, featuring a world-exclusive one-on-one interview with Man United's Rio Ferdinand. We catch up with high-flying soccerer Brett Holman and Western Sydney's marquee man Shinji Ono. Our secret interviews and player poll lifts the lid on what UK professional football is really all about. And get ready for your new season with 442 Performance's pre-season training guide. If you love football, you love 442. Buy it today at the App Store, Google Play, Zinni or your local news agent. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. No stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, We're now going to look at some of the news headlines on our website, au.442.com. We alluded to this in the Sydney FC match review, but uh, obviously Sydney were hit by the the late scrubbing out of Joel Griffiths. who was reported to the match review panel, uh, we believe, on Thursday. That was then uh, the punishment was handed down that evening, no, 24 hours yeah. Friday before the game. Tea time Friday. Yeah. Uh, he's been rubbed out for three games. OK, let's deal with the two separate issues. One is, was the, was the ban right? And the second one is, what does, what's the precedent for this with complaints being received? from anonymous sources, FFA has still not confirmed where the complaint has come from five days after the game's taken place. Oh, look, you know, the FFA have <laughs> might as well have just gone to SFS and scrolled a big spurting cock and balls all over the pitch at the SFS. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's an image. That, that, <laughs> it's purely get Griffiths. It's, it's Is the this revenge, the revenge of the sack It's the revenge of the sack You know, after God knows how many years, they've finally got a chance to ping him. Uh, and badly, it's so vindictive. It's not true. But you can't you can't defend what he said. I'm not defending what he said. What I'm defending is the punishment and the way it was happened. And you know, the the subtext is 
this confusion, this un, the unspoken subtext is confusion over what he said. Uh, I'm not going to repeat it. No, it's no. pretty obvious what he said. Well, no. he said, I don't think there was you... two. There was two parts to it. There was the, the obvious attack on the linesman, and then there was another comment that he said to have said afterwards. It could I've looked at it. I don't know how many times, about a dozen times, because I I understand the the anger of the victory fans who think he said something else. It is possible he said what they thought he said. Uh, but it's but also, a, but but it's a, also possible that he may on. have said something yeah. slightly more mundane. But to abandon for three games, the FFA must have shown Sydney FC and Joel Griffiths what he said. And, the F- he, and Sydney FC have accepted the ban no. and have come out and criticised Griffiths publicly yep. that he shouldn't have said what he said. No, the difference so, is he, both of the terms were abusive. One of them was racist abuse. Uh, and the, the racist abuse completely and utterly unacceptable. The other abuse happens on a weekly no, basis, no, absolutely. game but, by game. But what I'm saying game. is that the racist they've abuse, accept- Sydney FC have accepted it and accepted. Have they accepted the racist abuse? They've accepted. The they've accepted the, been banned for. Yeah, but there's no mention of racism in the in the charge. But if it was if it was just standard effing and blinding, well then we'll ban everyone. But that's the point, though. The, 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 the FFA have, have not said not it's racist public. abuse. There must have if been specific but the, for Sydney FC two, two to things, have Two it. things. One, the FFA haven't said it's racist abuse. Therefore, you can't say that it was racist abuse. And there's been no admission that I'm aware of by Sydney that it was racist abuse. It's based on what people think he said. Now, the linesman didn't hear it. The other players didn't hear it. The referee didn't hear it. The match official didn't hear it. The, uh, the, the bench didn't hear it, the press didn't hear it, the microphones didn't hear it. So how the hell can anybody be certain that that's but what, what he said? what is that if what he was accused of saying, he didn't say, he's admitted, surely he's admitted, Joel Griffiths would have said, I didn't say that. He's admitted the abusing the referee, uh, the officials. That's what he was charged with. That's as specific as it got. And there's no doubt he did abuse the match officials. Absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever. But it's what, whether the context was the racist abuse or real abuse. And either way, it's marginal. You can't possibly, possibly be able to tell from the, uh, the vision. I personally don't think it was racist abuse from my lip reading off it. I'm not a professional. But it didn't look like it to me. I can't be sure 100% either way. I don't think anybody else could be. Unless, I, unless you confront the player with what you mm, believe he said. Yeah, in, and which, he in which case it. he should have been charged with racist abuse. Mm. And it should have been a 10-week ban. My issue with the whole thing is if the referee, the fourth official, the assistant referee, the match commissioner, if none of them pick this up, then you know, you can't go five days later and, and suddenly bring this up. I think there has to be you know, like a statute of limitations Absolutely. on this yeah. where yeah. they have to say, look, if we saw it after a day, yeah. we just surely, have to... Call. I mean, surely it's got to be... Um, I just think it's, 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 it's opening a can of worms because you can go to... Well, the match uh, review panel sits on a Monday night, right? Yeah. So surely that's your yeah. timing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Except what I mean. It's the 24 hours after yeah. the last game. Yeah. 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 And, oh, it, and if, they, if they haven't picked off. it up, if nobody's picked it up, then if they do pick it up, then they just have to issue a caution or something, but they can't wait five days. No, no and you can't take... It's you can't patently take unfair. It looks unprofessional. Not, uh, look, we all know what he said, or roughly what he said. It's, it's, it's out of order. But if they didn't pick it up, you know, that's their job. 
I mean, I just think, you know, I, I think he's, he's pretty stupid with the amount of stuff that you can get away with throwing in the direction of match officials that we see every single week at every level. To go that stage further, look, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess, just absolutely, absolutely. the but moral of the story is do it in another yeah. language. It's, if you're going to do it, it's entirely yeah. Joe Griffiths. But you know, there's so many different issues at stake here. FFA or selling sport as an entertainment, and then repeatedly taking the entertainment value out of the game by banning players like this at you know the eleventh hour. Would anybody, anybody at all, have complained? If Griffiths had played on Friday, on Saturday night, you know the the, the issue, the whole sport had moved on from that weekend. But and it was it, never but a talking point. Okay, we don't know where this complaint has come from, but let's say it has come from a member of the public, who then comes out when nothing happens and says, "I made this complaint to the FFA. They did nothing about it. They buried it. No, they but the answer is it's too late. It's, it, one, it's too late, and two, there was no proof. <laughs> you cannot just." go on the fact if nobody heard it nobody none of the people actually involved in the game heard it and made a complaint about it there is no complaint so why have Sydney FC and Joel Griffiths accepted it <laughs> to get it over and done with mm. if you, just, if you were to it's strange yeah. what's, timing what's the alternative of it, it? a 10 game yeah. ban if they, they deny it they, they've they've questioned the timing of it they haven't quit they haven't questioned the ban there's no questioning the fact Again, two things. One, but I still think that if if he had just said, you know, what did Kalich say? I've got no idea. Right, he got a three-game ban because obviously he said it directly to the referee. Yeah, so but he got a three-game ban. The match day. The point is that went into the match day notes. Was yeah, that racist yeah. abuse? I've got no idea. I don't know what he said. Precisely. So I don't know what Gr- Griffiths said. But it's a three-game ban. Three-game ban for both of them. But what I'm saying is if somebody comes to you and, you, and says, Kevin, we believe that you said this to the linesman and we're going to ban you for three games and you know that it was not reported at the time. So if you genuinely don't think that that's what you said, why are you accepting it and your club accepting beca- it? Because what it looks like to me, he said, is abuse of the match officials. And that is... You know, you, you can't deny that. That is on tape. There is clearly abuse of the match officials on tape. But it's whether or not he then said racist abuse of the match officials. So what he could have been presented with is what I think he said. Uh, what you're saying he's presented with is what Victory fans think he said. Uh, and we don't know what he was presented with. This is half the right. problem, isn't it? Yeah. There's lack, lack of transparency. Yeah, absolutely. And if yeah. I honestly do... Think if the FFA thought he did say what the victory fans think he saw, said, he should have been charged with racist abuse, and I'm sure they probably would have because it's Joe Griffiths, and they will come down on him like a ton of bricks whenever they can. It's why he's never played for the Socceroos again, and the first opportunity they've had, almost literally, they pinged him for three weeks in the, the A League. They, they're trying to run him out of the game. What I do know about the MRP is um, there's Condiomas and there's Alan Davidson and, and I think another referee. Uh, whose name escapes me, but I do know, knowing Alan Davidson the way he is, very, very big on respect. Um, he lived his life, one of the greatest ever Socceroos, in fact, mm. was in the greatest 11. Respect was very high for him. So I think from his point of view, anything like this, they'll always look at. But I still think from a point of view of 24 hours after the game, if nothing's been picked up, 
you know, I think it's just unfair. But I think it, the danger is that we, you know, we could spend our watching every game. Yes, and, absolutely. And find yes, yeah. General swearing at officials. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. And you know, the, in, the, in different languages as well. I mean, I'm sure that yeah. I saw a player yeah. from another country do exactly the same. But it was, I think, in another language. So it's, where it's where did, where so you wide open to interpretation, and it's it's you know it becomes a bit silly. The, uh, for Joe to get done for this, it's it's the thin end of the wedge. It, you know, it, it could lead to nobody playing. And but having said that, I also think it is right for them to crack down on the abuse of completely. Match officials. It is. There is it a has been getting out of, in football now. It has been yeah. getting out of hand. Yeah. But three weeks on but the But I think overall the A league wrong. isn't too bad in terms of what they do, let's say, in some leagues around the world. Yeah, look at the crowd EPL, referee. Yeah. Premier League. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. every yeah. decision is contested. Yeah. I think we're relatively well yeah. behaved. I mean, relatively. The, Premier, the Premier League have basically sort of sanctioned that you can swear officials as long yeah. as you don't question their integrity. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think yeah. a Premier League player would view this, this ban? <sighs> he went like this, come on, and then he did the abuse. It happens all the time. And then abused him as he walked away as well. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, let's see what, uh, what <laughs> precedent this sets, you know, and see whether the, the fallout from this continues. Uh, different opinions around this table, that's for sure. Um, but again, as we talked about, I think the main thing is that an, an increase in transparency on the decision-making mm. and some clarity on what he was actually charged with and what they believe he said yeah. uh, would help everyone, I think, understand it. Mm. Um, staying with the... Uh, the darker side, I mean, obviously the, the match-fixing scandal uh, has broken in, the, in Europe uh, with regards to an ongoing investigation that looks like somewhere in the region of 700 games have been... Well, interesting. Well, I can't understand. They've got awful odds. <laughs> you were, I saw that. $1.50. return from a $16 million bet. I'd be like, if I'm going to fix, go to the trouble of fixing 700 games of football with 400 players and officials, I'm going to make sure I get a better odds than $1.50. Mm. Yeah. You could have put 16 million on Man United, their last 13 games, and you'd have won more than that. Yeah, yeah. easily. Mm. I think they just need better match fixes. I think they're, they're, <laughs> po- they're a poor squad of <laughs> players, frankly. I think they need to look at themselves. Uh, the FFA have, uh, have come out and revealed that they've uh, last month signed an 18-month deal with Sport Radar. It's an independent uh, betting monitoring organisation. Um, to, that is, you know, looks into betting patterns around the sport um, to try and obviously preserve our integrity here. Um, I mean, the A League is difficult enough in a tipping competition. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would start to try <laughs> yeah. and fix it. I mean, It'd be hard to look for, uh, for you know, like the, um, you know, they look for odd patterns Trends in the game. Yeah, yeah, it'd be hard yeah. to do that on the A League. Yeah. Although you look it's at Perth Glory, the referee decisions. Was he paid random. off? No, it's just incompetent. <laughs> 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 Although we have had a whiff of it in this country, haven't we? Have, you know, didn't Maury get uh, pinged for. Um... No, there was, a, there was a few one afternoon that. One Friday afternoon, Revner and Muskie, they Muskie were betting on games. Yeah, right? I mean that wasn't anything yeah. like this. I mean that was just. But that's all that we've had, really. Yeah, we've never really had anything like so this. Far. It's, yeah. it, again, though, so you know, exactly. you got players getting involved with bookmakers. It, it then becomes you can get entangled into bigger scenarios. Uh, you know, uh, that's the danger. I mean, you asked the four for two boys in Asia, the four for two show in Asia. You know, guys like Abbasag and Scott Olrenshaw, and they they've come out, they've spoken about the match fixing culture in Asia. It's massive. I mean, I remember is it Matt Letizia in his autobiography revealed that they were they were sort of you know, not you know like the first corner, hmm. like first time of the first throw when all the yeah. spread betting started. Yeah. 
Yeah, because in their view, it, was, it wasn't match-fixing. It was like, right, we'll take the kick-off and one of us will boot it out for yeah, a throw-in. Yeah. <laughs> and our mates will all have money on the time of the first throw-in, you know, or give away a corner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this is going to, I'm sure this is going to rumble on. Um, well, interestingly, Europol came out yesterday. Who, hands up, who'd ever heard of Europol? I only know Interpol. I only know Interpol. No, I hadn't heard of him. First I'd ever come across a made-up name, I think. I heard Tony Evans from The Times on uh, the BBC podcast yeah. this morning was talking about that he, he's got very little faith in this and believes that it is actually a PR exercise to get the name of this new well, yeah. organisation out there because <laughs> he's written it in The Times. So, like, you know, like there's so... It's, again, so little transparency on what were they actually fixing, how they done... And, you know, like, like we're talking about, it's not huge amounts of money. It's like it's not even what a Premier League player's annual wage. No, I think you'll find Interpol trying to sort of talk them down in the public press because they're like, they're the big boys of this. And this is Europol. They're nobody. People's front of Judea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Michael Thwaite. He's not the only one questioning Perth Glory's direction. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's a problem when you're best defender. Well, exactly. You know, he's talked about the, the decisions to let uh, Bas van der Brink, Billy Mehmet and Jesse Macaroonis all leave the club in the last month. Um, you know, particularly he's, he's referred to the loss of uh, Bas van der Brink as being critical. Mm. So they were teammates at Gold Coast as well. Um, this, again, is not a good sign, Matt, no. when players, current players, are coming out and, and questioning the direction. You know, you often see players just as they've left give a you know, mm. part in shot, but generally not players that are still there. It's a club in turmoil, isn't it? I guess on one hand it shows he cares, which is a good sign for the Glory fans, but uh, yeah, you can only see a club in disarray there, really, and you can see with their, with their position on the ladder, um, he's got a point, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Bernie, Abini, Aido, talk to see this. You're up there. You boys were up there yesterday, Kevin Aylin. You talked mm. to Bernie about mm. his, uh, his recent experience over in Belgium. Mm. Yeah, you know, he, he, he rated it as a 10 out of 10. The story's on au.442.com today. Uh, yeah, look, he really enjoyed it. Um, I just got a tweet from an agent this morning just uh, reflecting on, uh, on his... Um, version of events um, the, the, the word is that he'll go in the off season to, oh, to wow. Club Rouge um, uh, whether or not they sell a striker is, is probably the main thing but uh, you know whether or not he can be brought in when the striker goes whether or not that happens is another thing but he absolutely enjoyed his eight days over there went from 45 degrees to minus six in, in, in 24 hours um, and uh, really impressed with uh, the club and, and Belgian football, and he sees it potentially as a platform for a, a bigger league. Well, Bel Belgian football generally is on the on well, the rise. You look at some of the international players, certainly playing in in the UK. Yeah, well, they're, they're twenty-five to one to win the next World Cup. Yeah. I know. I was saying, yeah, I looked yeah. at it. I thought because you start looking at it, like Benteke's coming through for yeah, Villa, and you, if they and can I was qualify, like, they might then, be like a, an outside bet for the yeah. World Cup. Thinking about okay, who's going to peak in eighteen months' time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were shorter odds than England. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, look, World Cup. that's insane. Yeah. I mean, look, look at them. Yeah. Mignolet in goal, Vertonghen, Vermaelen, um, and Morales, Fellaini. Um, you know, there's Benteke, just Benteke, Hazard, 
Hazard. Yeah, yeah there's so many of Lukaku, them. Lukaku, Chelsea yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. There's so many coming through. So, uh, yeah, um, he really rates the, the culture of football. That there. will bring his football on to another level, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's... Technically, certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, I think he's got a lot to prove, but um, at 20, it's, it's uh, probably the time for him to go, and I think the club would probably wouldn't mind him going as well, yeah, given the money that they might get from the deal, which, of course, they always need. I think one day eventually come back a better player. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think yeah. he, he doesn't seem to be especially growing as a player with the Mariners. Uh, and yeah, I think he needs fresh, a fresh outlook and a fresh pair of hands on him. Yeah, uh, it, it could, yeah, it could be the Babald situation where he might end up coming back. Fairly that's soon, good for yeah. the A League, though, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. players come back with more of an educated. Yeah, football. yeah, um, and he's and playing it, a wider role. He was playing more central until mm. Zlatan McBrinovic <laughs> caught fire and just <laughs> how many goals? Hasn't gone out yet. Hasn't gone out yet. <laughs> so he's, he's he's been relegated to a wide right role, which he's enjoying. Uh, and he's look, he's really enjoying uh, playing under Arnie as well. And. We all remember him for the 2011 Grand Final when he came on. He really changed things when he came on with his pace. Um, so, yeah, a good chat with Bernie, a really nice kid. And we did ask him about Weekend at Bernie's as well. Never seen and we've, it. He's never <laughs> seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> We're going to have to get my copy. He's going to review it for us. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mark Milligan, uh, obviously fresh from the <sighs> Melbourne Derby, was drafted into the Socceroo squad as a late replacement Why? ahead of tomorrow morning's game against Romania. Um, Mark Millie Edenak uh, was a withdrawal after copping a pretty horrific injury. Ian Holloway, the Palace manager, was, was fuming about this, wrote a newspaper column uh, absolutely scathing about what happened. He, he copped an elbow, um, similar to the Gary Mabbott one, where he's fractured his cheekbone, broken his nose, and going to be out for a few weeks, and then we're going to have to play in a mask for the rest of the season. He's got a hell of a nose to break. Yeah, he? Holloway was <laughs> Holloway was scathing about it. It was like it was one of the most despicable things I've ever seen on a football pitch. Wow. Player didn't even come and apologise. You know, said it's just what football's come to. But yeah, Ado, uh, you don't look too you, you weren't too impressed about uh, Millsy getting called up. I, I What's just, up with you? Well, I just think it's a heck of a long way to go for a fairly meaningless friendly. He knows what Milligan can bring to the team, <laughs> yeah. Holger. He played him in he played him at the um, in Hong Kong. Um, I just think that it's just unfair to Melbourne victory. There's not one player in Europe or in Asia that could play that role mm. that he's supposedly playing. As you say, in a meaningless all, game as well, isn't I it? Just, really? I just think victory playing on Friday night, really yeah. key player lost. I just think it's unfair on victory. I don't even understand why we're playing in Spain. What was wrong with Romania? It's warmer. Yes, lovely weather. Have you been to Marbella? You've been to Barcelona. Yeah. You know what it's like. I've been to Marbella. Yeah, Spain's great. The FFA near their holiday. Can't we play Spain in Spain? Just, you know, just putting it out there. Well, there'll be 200 people there, (laughs) won't they, for Romania? (laughs) Romania Not exactly doing it for the ticket sales, are we? higher than the Socceroos in the uh, rather meaningless FIFA rankings. Brazil are ranked something like 18, aren't they? Yeah. But don't you think Mil- Milsey's call-ups just pointless? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'd think, like, like you say, in a friendly game, that you could you could manage with a couple of late withdrawals. Could Musty we'll, come we'll in? Go, we'll go with 20, 21, yeah. you know. It's, like, yeah. it's just unfair on victory. The clubs have no power, though, do they? That's the, that's no. the problem. Yeah, yes. And also, you know, we know what Milsey's like. Uh, we know what he's, you know, his strengths and weaknesses are as a player and as a socceroo. Surely there must be some young player out mm. there that we could have drafted in from Europe somewhere that you know would have done fulfilled that role. Never mind. Um, Lucas Neal, however, doesn't look like he's going to get a run. Uh, he's suspended, isn't he? Yeah. Well, no, he's suspended for the next game. 
Okay. So they're going to get uh, some players in, uh, give some young yeah, centre backs I mean, a shot. Again, you know, it would be pretty stupid playing a player that's suspended in the warm up game. This is whole game. game that's yeah. Suspended. This, this, this <laughs> is so what do we learn from that? <laughs> and let's bring oh, in, yeah. <laughs> and let's bring in Milligan for a 24 hour flight yeah. for like I don't know how long he'll play. Uh, but the upside to that is after Thursday we might find out where Lucas Neal's going to. Uh, he, Got a hint. N- OSAussies.com were suggesting he might even be going to Perth Glory, but I don't think so, to be honest. And his agents are not saying a word, not giving Perth any Glory clues whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the justification for that being that that's why they let Bass go to make way for to make room for Lucas. But mm-hmm. I think they need a lot more than that, to be honest. At Perth yeah. Glory, well, I mean, they let Bass go because they weren't going to offer him a new contract next season. So that yeah. was my understanding. So yeah, it's just um, Fergie being Fergie. Talking of bands and players being playing while banned, Joe Griffiths just scored twice against Tahiti in Sydney's friendly. Take it that doesn't count for his ban then. This morning. Hmm. It's not an official sanction match. So it's just it's a, a practice match. At 9.30 in the morning, I don't yeah. think it's an official game. It'd be A-League games. Yeah. It's like if you get a ban in the Premier League, you can still play in the yeah, but Champions League. There was pre-season games were included in the bans uh, for the A-League at the end of last season, pre-season games counted. Uh, so you would have thought that would still count too. Make it up as we go along, Kev. Yeah. It's easier that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, before we leave, we're just going to throw over to a friend of the pod, uh, Ben Coonan, who is over in Marbella uh, with the Socceroos, and he is joining us uh, talking to Robbie Cruz on the eve of the Socceroos game against Romania. Firstly, mate, uh, welcome here to... Marbella in Spain. How's it to be back with your soccer teammates in such a beautiful surround? Yeah, it's good. Um, obviously, it's yeah, it's always good to come away with the national team, and um, it's always you know good to get you know, get with the boys and, and see the Aussies. So um, you know, it's an important game for us to prepare for the you know the vital clash next month against Oman. So um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, put in a good performance. And you've come here on the back of some outstanding form for your club side, Dusseldorf, but double the weekend against Stuttgart, no less. Talk us through that experience. Yeah, and, um, fortunately I've been, uh, you know, I've played a lot this season, and um, you know, I've been playing fairly well. So, uh, you know, it's a great, great league to play in, and um, you know, I'm just, you know, it's a massive honour to be able to, you know, step foot on the on the field with, you know, some amazing players, and uh, you know, to score goals is always good, but um, you know, it's important for our club to keep picking up wins because, um, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a tough league and it's a battle for us to to stay in the first league. We've seen your form replicated for the Socceroos as well, some outstanding showings of late. How much do you feel you've grown as a footballer this season in particular in the Bundesliga and international? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a wonderful league and, um, you know, I think playing in it, you, you, you gradually just, you know, adjust to the standard and, um, you know, you're only going to improve playing against these, these world-class players. So, um, you know, I've played a few good games for the Socceroos, but, you know, hopefully I can, um, you know, keep getting better and better and, um, you know, it's, it's vital for us to, to make the, the next World Cup and to, to really keep building on the momentum that, you know, Football Australia has really, you know, done. So, um, you know, it's, it's important that we all, um, you know, like I said, work really hard in this next game and hopefully prepare well for the, for the game against Oman. Uh, to the Socceroos now, uh, a friendly clash against Romania, of course, but some of its importance in the respect to uh, next month's qualifier against Oman. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, Romania are a great side. They, uh, you know, recently beat Turkey, I think, in the qualifiers, and um, you know they've got some great players. Um, so it's going to be a difficult task, but um, you know. 
in the end, we're, we're here to prepare for the, the Oman game. So obviously, we're going to try and get our structure together and, and get players, you know, playing together again and, and preparing for that game. But um, obviously, we want to win the game. It's a friendly, but um, you know, winning always you know creates a good momentum and, and confidence boost. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Buying a car is a big commitment. You need to make sure you have the right car at the right price before you sign on the dotted line. So the best thing to do before you buy a car is log on to the Behind the Wheel website. At behindthewheel.com.au, you'll find dozens of unbiased and independent new car reviews. Browse by different manufacturers and find exactly what's right for you. While you're at behindthewheel.com.au, check out the latest car industry news, read motorcycle reviews and news, and pick up some Handy road safety tips too. Don't sign anything until you visit behindthewheel.com.au. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, featuring a world-exclusive one-on-one interview with Man United's Rio Ferdinand. We catch up with high-flying soccerer Brett Holman and Western Sydney's marquee man Shinji Ono. Our secret interviews and player poll lifts the lid on what UK professional football is really all about. And get ready for your new season with 442 Performance's pre-season training guide. If you love football, you love 442. Buy it today at the App Store, Google Play, Zinio or your local news agent. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Thanks to Ben Coonan there with uh, with Robbie Cruz and the Socceroos. Uh, preview, round 20. Getting down to the business end. What's this? Eight to go. Wow. Eight games to go in the regular season. Mariners host... Wellington Phoenix on Thursday night. Yeah, that freaked me out. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I was like trying to work out the dates. Like, well, they were given Sunday... That's the day after tomorrow. Yeah, so it's tomorrow, tomorrow night. They were given Sunday at 3pm, but they passed on that because they thought it would be too hot. So the FFA have now given them Thursday night. Great, Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah. love on the it. Coast. Tough How do we see it go? Tough one to predict, isn't it? You could just see the Phoenix uh, causing an upset here. Yeah. yeah. As is the way in football. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we were talking about this in the car coming back. It's one of those games, it's like it a banana be a, skin. could be a banana. Small banana crowd, skin. Thursday night, uh, everyone's tipping. Um, I don't know what the odds are, but I'm sure that the odds are heavily in favour of the Mariners. Look, they look great in training. They're, they're, they are the best team by far in terms of consistency, but it, this is a potential The first skin. goal is crucial in this, I think. Mm. If, if the Mariners score first... Game mm. over. And Lockhead looks like he's uh, he may not play, so Hogg's going to come in. Bertas injured. So it's a, a refashioned defence. I know that Arnie was working on Lockhead being there. I could hear him telling him, you know, if Lockhead drops in, you drop in there. But he, mm. he may not be playing. So, look, um, tough one to pick, but potentially here for mm. a, a Phoenix upset. Again, though, you know, from being up there, it was very uh, insightful to see how seriously... Arnie takes every single game, even, you know, Wellington Phoenix, who, you know, second bottom of the league, uh, long 19 points behind them. He was had focused the training exactly on what he identified as Phoenix's uh, weak points, and he had a DVD ready to show the players mm-hmm. uh, before the game. But that was weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't count, Kev. That's the lighter side is that, of it. Is that where we got that? Yeah. Uh, okay. 
I thought it was Phoenix. But you're right. I mean, it was a very intense session. And, it, you know, it was uh, four sort of B4s, a whole shape session, and then some shooting at the end. So um, they worked very hard. But I just, I just think, you know, Thursday night, a team mm. that they're expected to beat. Mentally, they may not be at the races completely. And there's, there's a potential here for a little bit of an mm. upset. But, you know, you'd, on paper, you would say that they would win it quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. All right, previous clashes. Uh, Mariners have won 10. Phoenix have won 6. There's been three draws. Mm. All right, well, what's a tip? 3 0 Mariners. 3 0 Mariners. Emphatic. No bananas. I know. I'm going to go 2 1 to Phoenix. Big call. Big Matt. call, I know. 1 0 to Phoenix. Wow. Okay. <coughs> All right. I'm going to tip the Mariners. I think they'll, uh, I think they'll do I think it comfortably. I think it'd be 2 0. Well, yeah, logically, you'd say the Mariners are comfortable, but you never know. All right, South Australia meets Victoria, Ooh. and normally sparks fly when the victory head over to uh, High Marsh. Um, we've talked about Adelaide in turmoil. Another home game comes uh, thick and fast. Probably the least, the worst team you'd want to host yeah. right now. Mm, <laughs> if, yep. you, if you're Adelaide United, would be a rampant Melbourne victory coming to town. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be, you know, I, I do feel some sympathy for Michael Vukanis with this. You know, this is not the, the game you would want for your second game in charge, you would think, and your first full week in charge. Uh, it's always, you know, a, a notorious clash, this one. Uh, but I think victory stand to run riot in this one. Uh, seriously, the end of the world. We've got things rolling around our roof by the sounds of things. Sounds like someone dragging a body. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think uh, victory could run right in this one and uh, I think it could be carnage in Hindmarsh. It's been one of the the ding-dong battles, Ado, of the A-League. Adelaide have won 18 previous games between the two Melbourne victory 19. And there's been eight draws. Mm. I think uh, you know Adelaide won early in the season at Hindmarsh, and I think Victory was saying that they learnt a lot from that game. And as you said before, you know Victory have progressed, and I think they would have learnt from that game as well. And I think uh, it's hard not to tip uh, a three-one to Victory for this one. They're just in fantastic form, and Valcanis needs a bit more time with this team. That's exactly my score prediction as well. Three-one mm. to the Victory. If this game was at the start of the season, you'd certainly give Adelaide the. The odds on for the win, but I can't see anything other than a, a victory whitewash. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna round that out. That'll be unanimous. That's a victory away win. Who is it that didn't like us picking tipping victory? Is it Guido on Twitter? Who was like, yeah. yeah, when we tipped him to win at Perth. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's <was> very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Just we upset people at times, don't we? We do. Yeah. All right, Melbourne Heart host Perth Glory. Um, Good chance for Melbourne Heart to put the uh, Derby defeat behind them as they continue their sort of yo-yo season. Um, they'll go into this, you'd think, um, probably full of confidence, even that, even after a defeat. They'll look at this, Kev, as, a, as an eminently winnable game. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, I mean, everything's going in their favour uh, for victory uh, over gl- Glory. Glory, obviously, in decline up to now. Uh, but as I say, Cordoba, this new Argentinian's uh, set to to play some part, whether he's match fit and can play an entire game remains to be seen. Um, if he's as good as everybody's making out him to be, then he could be, you know, the tipping point that uh, starts the glory revival. Um, but I'm still not convinced by heart either. You know, for all the glory of having a shocker of a season and two points in the last 21, heart are only two points ahead of them. So, you know, yeah. their season's not great either. Um, I, I 
think this might be a bit of a dreary old draw, to be honest. One Ten previous clashes. Glory have won five. There's been three draws and Hart have won two. Mm. I know Shane Smelt's in line to return. Yeah. Vital for Perth if they are to, to get back in contention. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, it, you know... You look at it, it's fairly simple. If Smeltzy scores, they're going to do okay for the rest of the season. But uh, look, if Hart don't win, they might win a few Twitter followers because uh, this is the, the Twitter yeah, promotion. The interactive round. This is the digital interactive round <laughs> where they have uh, the Twitter handle on the back of players' shirts. So at Richard Garcia will be there. And if you don't have a Twitter handle, then it's just at Melbourne Hart. It's um, also the at ignored embargo round as well. For oh, yeah, round. and I should apologise because I didn't see the word embargo until tomorrow and a lot of other you journals. And Fox Sports. <laughs> Just about well, they've got to make it in the sport. subject. When you send out an email, it's got to be in the subject. Yeah. It was in red ink. Oh, was it? Yeah. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> what was this I'm for? colourblind. They, uh, <laughs> they sent out the press release about the uh, digital round yeah. 24 hours early and was pretty much universally ignored the embargo on it. Brilliant. Well, Adam, Adam Peacock and myself both just missed it, so we just tweeted it. How did you tweet it? Yeah. 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 See, that's the problem with Twitter. Everyone's racing to be first. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't read those important oh, words. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I'm with Kev. This could be a fairly dreary game. Um, yeah. But I, I, just, I just sense uh, Smelty could be the difference here, so I'm going to go for Perth Glory 1 0. I mean, if, you, if your Twitter Tanisha. handle's on the back of your shirt, Matt, you'd probably want to have a decent game, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you'd you come off and like, have a quick shower <laughs> and look at it. Oh, God. <laughs> Phone battery dead with all the, <laughs> the alerts going off. I can't see many goals in there. I've, I think a goalless draw, possibly a heart victory 1-0, but not many goals in this one at all. Mm. Yeah, no I mean, t- if, no if, you're Ian, well. if you're Ian Ferguson, though, and you, you've got a new signing that's come in, you've got Shane Smeltz back, you know, you, your team talks... Pretty much written for you, isn't it? You know, mm. you, beaten grand finalists. Look around the dressing room. Look at the quality of players we've got here. Mm. A win tonight, yeah. and we're potentially, you know, we're, we're back in contention. We're we're in the sick. We're we're two points off six. Mm. Hot, not the greatest at home. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're a difficult side to pick, aren't they? They're good in patches, but mm. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna right, I'm gonna tip a glory win. Yeah. I think they're gonna get I think they're gonna get something out of this. No bass. Yeah, Thwaite bad-mouthing the team. Mm, nah. But that yeah. could also bring them together as well. That, sort of that could be the reason why, why he did it. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be yeah. the kick up the arse that they need. But I just sense that this could be a glory win. And I hope so because um, they've had some pretty tough weeks in the last mm. sort of month or so. All right. Uh, Saturday, the late game... This is, uh, I was going to say, off to Wonderland, but we're not, because this is uh, taking place at Campbelltown Stadium. Um, it's not much of a... <laughs> it's a regional round. Of a regional round for Western Sydney. Not really the bush, is it? Yeah. Mm. Um, which, I, I, which is great in one way, because hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see a really healthy crowd there. I think, yeah, I think, think it will. So. According to the last thing I saw on Twitter, it's going very well. Oh, good. Um, and Should be a sellout, you would hope. Yeah. New South Wales derby, Western Sydney entertaining the Jets. Yeah. Ado, can you see this going any other way than a... Is it, would it be a sixth consecutive win for, the, for Western Sydney? I think it would. Six, I think, so. I think they've won the last five. Yeah. I think wow. they'll get a really good crowd, and I think the, that'll, that wave will just keep pushing them on. Uh, Emil Heskey, of course, in good form. Um, I think Polenz is back. 
Am I right, Kev? Don't know. It was Don't a one-week ban for him, I think. So, look, it's hard not to go past um, a Wonderland victory or a Wanderers victory. Uh, and I should just say, if there's anyone driving from the CBD to the game, let us know on Twitter because I need a lift. Did <laughs> <laughs> I get that in? It's a new low. <laughs> uh, anything four to say on petrol? 442 editor Thanks. hitchhiking Valley M5 to Campbell. It's a long way from where I live. <laughs> Kev, um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not so long ago we were talking about Western Sydney. All they needed was a striker. Yeah, um, but we're not saying that anymore. No, no. Why not? I mean, well, I mean, Cresinger's more of a good luck charm than he is a striker uh, these days, still. But you know, he's won people over. Turning to that almost like a team mascot. I mean. He is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't actually seem to fulfil any particular role on the field, but everybody loves him. And that's great. You know. But they love it in an ironic way, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bad. It's true. Yeah, he's uh, slow. But look, he gives everything for the team. I yeah. know that. He gives it all. Jared Kyle, uh, who was uh, Aussie with Sheffield Wednesday, is currently training with Sydney FC. And again, uh, there's been sort of speculation he might end up with Western Sydney Wanderers. That is kind of in keeping with you know Popovich's raw recruits bringing players home, mm. Aussies home. So you know he might make a difference. Never seen him play. Don't know anything about him other than that. So if he does join Wanderers again, he would join many of the other players that I'd never seen or heard of yeah. previously. Well, Yusef Hersey today has announced he's signed on for another season. So yep. slowly but surely they're you know they're picking the players that they they want to retain. Yeah. Um, one player that I don't believe is signed for next season, which I think would be a big loss for him, would be Aaron Moy. Yeah, I think he's got uh, very canny agents who I'm sure will hold out until the, the prime moment to make their decision and make the choice. Um, I think he would want to stay on if he can, but also I think there's bound to be interest in him from uh, other clubs within the A-League and overseas it as will well. come down to money. Well, um, I'm not sure. I mean, he came back from St Mirren, uh, where he would have been on, you know, certainly as good, if not better, money than he's on at uh, Western Sydney Wanderers and took a punt with the Wanderers. Mm. Uh, so I don't necessarily think he's going to be motivated by money. Uh, but I'd imagine that the sell would have been come back, put yourself back in the shop window. What's mm. going to be a high-profile first year for the club? He's done that. He's oh. been pivotal. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And then the next move surely would be to look to get him back to Europe. I would have thought at a higher level than he left. Yeah. I think it might be a bit too soon to be necessarily doing that yet. He has been pivotal, but whether or not he's been sufficiently pivotal in a Rogic kind of way uh, to attract, you know, the bigger clubs, anything bigger than he was worth. I mean, he was at St. Mern. He was getting game time at St. Mern. Would he be going back to Celtic? I don't think so. No. Not yet. Okay, mm. Matt, how do you see this one going? I'm going for a two-two with this. I can see, I can see goals, obviously, uh, but I don't know. I've got a feeling with the Jets. I think Heskey's looking good again. I'm tipping Heskey to score at least once, and I just think the you can't win every week. The Wanderers, I think they've got goals in them, but I don't know why. I've got a feeling the Jets will uh, will push them all the way. No, I, I, tend to, I tend to agree with you. I don't think this is going to be an easy game. And, but not playing at Wonderland as well, it's a different environment for them. It's almost yeah. like an away game. At times it'll be like an away game, although fantastic crowd, I believe. And, and I think they're expected to win, aren't they, the Wanderers? They've had such a good win last week. Sometimes that expectation can... Yeah, it's a good point. You know, they're, they're, they're at that stage of the season now where they can't keep playing it down. 
No, you know, they can't no, they, keep no. saying, you know, it's like, so, and, and they are now genuine contenders. Yeah. You know, so it's like that then brings with it a different pressure when you mm. run out on the pitch, you know, that you're looking at, instead of looking up and saying, we're going to have a crack at them, we're the underdogs, all of a sudden, teams you're now expected pick you to off. win. Yeah. You know? but and I, teams yeah. come to play against you mm. to not lose. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than thinking, I, I, we're going to beat Western Sydney. You know? I yeah. still think that's going to be the problem for season two. I think they're still riding that wave and Popper's keeping a, a handle on it this season. That'll be the biggest mm. issue for them next season. Is it will. How do yeah. they go from being the underdogs and the, the team that nobody rated to being the top, top, yeah. one of the top sides? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you know, Popovich will keep everyone pretty level-headed at this stage. Uh, and, you know... People will still expect them to fail. People still will think this is just a quirk and they've just had a lucky run, and they'll be determined to try and prove that wrong. Uh, you know, Jets only got two goals against Sydney from penalty spot, uh, and that was against a weakened Sydney, and, you know, still <laughs> an oppressive Sydney. So I really don't see them doing too much damage to the Wanderers. 2 1, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. I think, I think Wanderers by a, by a goal, by I don't a goal, think it'll be yeah. easy. All right. Final game of the round, Sunday, SFS, Sydney FC host Brisbane Raw. What do we think? I would have liked Joe Griffiths to be playing, and I think it would have been a really good game. Uh, as it is, I don't think it's going to be necessarily as interesting a game. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? You know, one player can make a difference, even with Alessandro Del Piero in Sydney's lineup. I really am still going to miss Joe Griffiths yeah. not playing. So, yeah, I mean, so will talk, the officials. Yeah, I mean, you know, we yeah. talked about his impact, you know, that he made when he when mm. he came in, which was, you know, actually giving a point to Sydney's attack and the yeah. player that Del Piero and Kalina were confident in giving the ball to and making forward runs to support because they knew he wasn't going to give it away and then they were going to be caught out of position. Um, you know, Sydney, Blake Powell, very industrious, mm. You know, but he he's very much still you know, long, young, learning his trade. Mm. Not the sort of player that's going to hold the ball up and give players time to support. Um, Yao, if he's back, he's back from international yeah. duty. You know, yeah. as we've got a few about, back. I think he's a player that wants the ball played in front of him and behind the defence. You know, yeah. so by its nature, it ends up with him forty yards away from anyone else. You yeah. know, so I think it, Joel Griffiths, as we talked about, has made really transformed the way that side can play. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think, think he's a massive loss. Yeah, yes, we spoke about this before the Wellington Phoenix game, how he absolutely is the that mm. missing part of the jigsaw yeah. with Del Piero. He's a natural finisher, isn't he? Yeah, um, but he's clever as well, and yeah. that's what you need on that level is yeah. clever players. And yeah. so I was really looking forward to seeing Joel play, I think, this game, and I think there's another home game after this. Yeah, yeah Adelaide. So, you know, it's, it's uh, look, uh, it'll be good to see the new striker from, from uh, Holland in raw colours, uh, Nigeland, I think yep. his name is, and Barisha, of course, but it's hard to tip this one. It is difficult. I don't know, it could be a 2-2 two -two draw. Draw from Ado, Kev? Yeah, I'll go a draw as well, actually. Probably 1-1, one, one, my opinion. Yeah, me too. 1-1, right. one, one. yeah. I mean, these, two, these are two teams equal on points. Sydney with a slightly worse goal difference on account of that. Thumping at um, mm. it'll be interesting. Rural are resurgent at the moment, and you know Mulvey is starting to get them to play mm. his game. So you know if it, it if it isn't a one-one draw, I think probably Rural victory, two-one. Uh, what will be interesting is which Sydney team gets the the bigger crowd. I sense Wanderers might just get a bigger crowd. Uh, it's an interesting call actually. Yeah, both playing in Sydney at the same time. Okay, good. All right. Well, if you're uh, Betting on the A-League, so take absolutely no notice of those tips because yep. we're all useless <laughs> if you look at our tipping league. We're the worst match fixers ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if you're going to game, enjoy it. Get out, support your local early team. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. No worries. Pleasure to have you on. No and uh, we'll be back next week to talk A-League and uh, look back on the Socceroos. How to go against Romania. It's on tomorrow morning, 6.45 kick-off o'clock. on Fox Sports. And don't forget Performance Online as well, 442. Oh, yeah. New fantastic oh. website. A new tour. website launched this week, yeah. 442 Performance, just in time for your pre-season. So there is absolutely loads of content up there. Yeah. Chelsea Big match players, preparation. Man United players. Talking about your, uh, getting you ready for the new season. Local stuff will be going up there soon. Mm. Uh, so get along. And also, if you're in the Sutherland Shire area, 442 Performance will be conducting skills clinics mm. at the Sutherland Shire FA, uh, Curver Coaching Skills Clinics, in April. Mm. It's all on the website. Get on it. So what is the Performance Online website? It is good question. Performance.442.com <laughs> forward slash AU. Come on. Uh, Just... <laughs> Just go well, to once, now. More. once more. Just go to the normal site and follow the links. It's on the nav, <laughs> it's on the nav bar. All right, thanks for joining us. See you next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.